Welcome to the D&D Roundtable, your premier source for D&D news. We cover everything D&D from Wizards of the Coast. We cover updates from the convention circuit. We cover new and exciting products, casts and streams, and events for D&D. We cover happenings in organized play. If it's D&D related, we cover it here. Industrious Ferret is by Kevin McLeod at Incomptech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Hey, we'd really appreciate it if you dropped us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks. Welcome to the D&D Roundtable. In our show today, we're going to be talking about the 2020 D8 Summit Charity Convention. Our fabulous guest is Eric Hawley. He's co-host of the Grognards podcast, and he is one of the board members and central pillars of the D8 Summit. Our get to know you question tonight is what is the first convention you went to? Eric, tell us about your first convention. Okay, well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have a chance to tell everybody about our convention. And my first convention, and I might be dating myself a little bit here, was a convention called Frontier War. And it would have been 1986 when I went to college in Bloomington, Illinois. That convention sort of withered away, but they still have a good convention going up in Bloomington every year that I try to make it to. So it was a while ago. So was it like a wargaming convention or SCA? No, it was a wargaming. It had a, a variety of games, a, probably a larger variety than you see a lot of times because back then everything wasn't as focused now, it seems. So a lot of miniature games going on, a lot of old school gamers there back then. Um, still had a lot of D&D, and of course, Bloomington, Illinois is a twin city next to normal Illinois, which is the home of Game Designers Workshop, so a lot mm. of the games that they had were played there as well. So I sort of ran near some of the big dogs back then, but wasn't wasn't associated directly with them, but I knew a lot of people who knew a lot of people. So what games did you play there, do you recall? Yeah, so when I got to college, I fell in with a gaming group at the university, and rather quickly, there was a woman named Julia Martin who came to the gaming group to basically find her D&D group. I was lucky enough to get picked up by her, and then I don't think we ever really went back to the regular meetings. We just played at her place. She actually was an editor at Game Designers Workshop and ended up working for TSR a little while later and got cut in one of the great purges around 1986 or 87 or so. But uh, she has her name on a couple of products. So I was really lucky, like gaming pedigree wise, that I sort of had some really good role models. And she was an excellent DM and, and been pretty much sticking with it since then. So I've always been a role player, but I dabble in a whole lot of other stuff. I used to play a lot of miniatures. I don't do a whole lot of board games anymore just because it's such an expensive hobby nowadays. Yeah, it sure can be, but gosh, they're fun. Jenny, what about you? What was your first convention? What'd you do there? Well, first off, let me say, Eric, I am super impressed by that gaming pedigree. I didn't know Games Workshop was down there, and I wish that... um, well, I mean, my first DM was also a lady and was super amazing, but like to be part of, I don't know, tangential or not tangential. Um, yeah, what the, I don't know what the word is, but anyways, so near there to that history of TSR and everything. That's super cool. My first convention though, um, because I don't do anything in halves was Dragon Con. <laughs> Holy catfish. That sets some expectations. I mean, yeah, if you're going to, do something you just commit to it and dive right in head first uh, as as I tend to do um when I've made a decision in my life I commit to it <laughs> go big 
Um, so, so this, what, what year was your first Dragon Con then? It was the year before I met you. Um, so I think 2014. Yeah, probably, probably. That sounds about right. And so for those of you who are not familiar with Dragon Con, it's about 90,000 people in the middle of the hottest time of the year in Atlanta. So and it has some of the best cosplay. It has the best cosplay. The best cosplay. And that was the same year that I started cosplaying. We decided um, my friends had been going to Dragon Con for years and years. Kevin Grigsby and Jay Anderson and like my whole gaming group and all of that. And they always talked about like, how it was like the thing and so i was like you know what i have a job and i make money i'm gonna go too (laughs) and so what did you think i was it was love it was love at first sight for me these were my people ninety thousand of my closest friends i think we were still calling it seventy thousand then probably like local atlantans call it nerdy gras because it's so so much partying going on I, well, so I planned out, um, that year I did a spreadsheet and I went and looked at all the panels and I put list and list of everything I could potentially want to see. I already knew better than trying to be like, I'm going to be here at this time and here at this time and here at this time. Cause that, that's, that's, that's a lost cause. But I wrote down everything that I might possibly want to do and when it was, and I had a little notebook and I was carrying around with me the whole con going, what time is it now? Oh, man, I can make it down to the Pern panel. Wait, where's that at? (laughs) Oh, oh, wait, that's five blocks away. Wait, in the Hyatt what now? I don't even know where that is. Um, Now they have an app that coordinates all that for you. Yeah, well, fortunately, there were some very nice people. But I went there, uh, did did some board gaming that year, did not do any um, role play gaming that year, did not know, (laughs) did not even know how to do it, how to sign up. Um, where, well, I figured out where to go. I found, I found role play gaming that year. Um, actually looked in the D and D room, had no idea what was going on. Cause there was just a bunch of people sitting around tables. Um, and I don't know, it was late. So, um, but yeah, no, that was my first con fell in love with cosplay, fell in love with dragon con and decided to go back. And then I met you. And then I, well, I started doing smaller cons in the meantime, but yeah, Ooh, that was it. Paige. Uh, my the first convention I went to was called the Atlanta Fantasy Fair, and that was basically competition to Dragon Con from the mid '70s through the early '90s or so. And I went in probably '86 or '87 or '88. I don't I don't recall. I was in high school, and uh, it was pretty big. But by pretty big, I mean like a few thousand people, I think, maybe, maybe 10,000. I, I don't recall, but it was a huge crush of people, but it's nothing like Dragon Con. And for and, that uh, era, that was a really big convention. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was huge. It was very big. It was, it was very intimidating to 16, 17, 18 year old me. And, uh, I entered some art in the art contest and I, there was a D and D there was a competitive D and D thing going on then and uh and i actually won it that first year i was nice it was it was a huge room like uh probably a hundred people in this room and uh i was the only woman (laughs) okay two things of course you won the competitive thing you are competitive secondly what kind of art did you in there uh i mostly character drawings of all the different characters i was doing and all the different role-playing games i was playing in high school are you still making all your character drawings then? No, I, by, I got to college and I got too busy to draw and, uh, and my skills have really withered. I, uh, I do some like graphic art uh, now and then, but I, I would really love to have enough time to prioritize drawing and painting in my life. I always appreciate players who, when you give them the character sheet, by the end of the session, they have a sketch of their character already yeah. filled in. Yeah, I, I don't have that level of art skill at all. We have a player in Knoxville, uh, Stephen Lindbergh, and normally, well, normally he DM, he's DM, but um, I played a game with him, um, so I think it was Sunless Citadel. Is that the one with all the goblins? Yeah, it is. 
And so we've all, we're going around, we describe our characters and everything. And by the end of the game, we each have a chibi character sketch. Not, not, just, not just him, all of us. And I'm just like, I love it. So yeah, no, I, that's a skill I'm definitely envious of. Okay, well. Um, so let's talk about the D8 Summit, shall we? Sure. Yeah. So Eric and then Jenny, after Eric's done, how did you get involved in the D8 Summit? Yeah, good question. Uh, one of my friends, my local gamer friends, who I run a game for locally, he had actually gone up the year before and came back and said, you have to go to this convention. It's awesome. You know, we were both pretty, pretty heavily into Adventures League by then, but we hadn't started going to a ton of conventions. And we went up the next year. Um, I've been to two of them. This will be my third this year and had a great time it was a you know it's a wonderful convention so basically i got drugged there by a friend which i think happens a lot with gaming conventions that's your best advertising is show everybody a good time and they're gonna bring their friends Paige, i think you actually went the year before i went i knew about it and of course i knew connor he's a, a bit of a force of nature but i think you went yeah. the year before i went and you were raving about how much of a good time you had so then yeah that was not last year but the year before i couldn't go last year i yeah. had a medical thing going on it was the year before i moved to illinois so i think right, that, right. that that checks out so i got involved because i moved to illinois right and so Paige has been telling me about this wonderful convention and my friend Connor runs it and he's all like hey you're right here you know you should come better yet you wrote stuff I'm gonna invite you as a special guest so you have to come and I was like oh thank you <laughs> so of course I went um and I ha- then like any good showrunner what happened next what did he do to you well I had tables that I was scheduled to run my games at um, not all of them made, and every time I would try to help out doing something else because as a good showrunner, I don't know how to not work at a show, um, he would swap my hands down and make me go away and not work. And so I read a novel in the lobby. It was kind of blissful. But then, as I was telling him next year, like how great it all was and talking over some ideas about how to improve the fundraising because apparently Save versus Hunger is kind of a bit of a benchmark for a lot of conventions as far as fundraising goals and how to make funds uh, he was like you know what you're on the board and I was just like I'm on the board okay all right I'm on the board then because <laughs> I don't know how to say no <laughs> yeah any good showrunner will absolutely grab people and volunteer them that they are now staff at the con like you got to move fast or they'll get you and what's that, that meme? It's uh, with Gru from uh, yes, Despicable yes. Me and with the little flipboard. It says, get in with con staff. Hey, friends, you're con staff forever. Con staff forever. Ah! Right, right. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how it works. So what do each of you do for the D8 Summit? How, how do you help the, the, the thing go? Yeah, this is my first year as a board member. They put out a call for people who would be willing to help out. And like most people, my time is my most valuable resource. So I don't easily say, hey, I'm going to jump in feet first and, and take on a huge commitment. But I go to about, I don't know, 14, 15 conventions a year. And this one that's a fair fair lot of conventions yeah yeah i'm pretty active once the kids went to college it got easier (laughs) but for sure of all the conventions i go to this one is the one that i felt really good about dedicating a lot of time to i'll I'll contribute at almost any convention but the the goal of d8 summit you know it's a charity convention and not only is it a charity convention, it's a well-run charity convention. Um, and I feel that any effort I can put in is going to be amplified and you know, pay off for a lot of other people. So this is my first year. I've sort of helped out a, a little bit. And apparently I've been uh, 
the facilities person is going to be my job this year, which is dealing with any problems that arise. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I've also going to run so a couple games. You need some duct like tape and a Nerf bat, I think. I, I suppose. But then how, how do you figure out which one to use? Because, you know. <laughs> try one. If it doesn't I, work. Try one. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it'll be fine. It's a good crowd of people there. And, if and, Universal Solvent doesn't fix it, then you um, – Obviously needed sovereign glue. Yes. Like if it moves and it's not supposed to duct tape. If it Which is essentially move, duct tape and WD-40. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other, there's always so many little things that have to get done. And, and like Jenny, I'm sort of got the helium hand going on a lot of time and I'll just take the reins and sort of a, a fire and forget missile. Tell me what you need done and I'll get it done. So Jenny, what do you do for the D8 summit? I am, what, you want to know what I'm doing or what I'm officially doing? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, okay. por que no las dos? Officially, I am on the board, and my official task is to oversee the D&D Adventures League Hall, along with Latia, um, and also... That's uh, Latia Bryant, one of the AL admins? Yeah, well... Latia Jaquise is what she goes by there, but yeah. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Yeah, not a problem. Um, but so I am also um, doing a little bit of Pathfinder wrangling, which is a, a not an entirely new realm for me since I do that for MomoCon too. But that kind of fell into my lap a bit as well. But I've got some uh, good help from the Pathfinder organized play program. So I'm excited for that because we've got some special guests from that. All right. You said what you were officially doing or what you're actually doing. So which one was that? Well, what I'm officially doing is just the D&D Adventures League Hall. Um, the other one kind of ended up on, on my plate, and I don't mind at all. I'm actually kind of excited about it. Get to make it all nice and shiny and happy and work with people I haven't worked before and meet some special guests. And I love meeting new special guests who are game designers and stuff because then I learn how to do new things and, I know, so, and then so I make you, better things. Sure, sure. So you, so you mentioned Latia. She's on the board of D8 as well? She is on the board of D8. Um, she's been on it now. Uh, actually, I think this is her first year as well. This is actually the first year having an official board because they've just we've just incorporated as a 501c3 charity. So before that, it was more like um, a, a, a loose, I don't know, cabal of comrades. <laughs> yeah, and the charity designation is important because if you do donate at D8 in a variety of ways, you can actually claim that on your taxes as a tax deduction. It's an official charity. Ah, okay. So who else helps run D8 Summit? Well, um, so we've got a handful of people on the board. Um, we, of course, have Jonathan Connor self, our fearless leader. His husband, Jason. We've got Latia, myself, Eric, BJ Thomas, Thaddeus, Kate Nicholas Tullifson, um, and somebody who's going to be very mad at me for forgetting them, I'm sure, because I don't feel like that was enough people. Still, it sounds like a pretty big staff. Yeah, we've got, I think, 10? 10. 10. 10 sounds right. Yeah, but it takes that many to pull something like this off, honestly. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. What's the projected attendance for 2020? Do you have some idea? Uh, we are projecting about 400 people this year. Yeah, four to five. Yeah. Yeah. I like to shoot low so that I can, you know, over, <laughs> beat, beat my expectations. Be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, under promise yeah. and over deliver. Uh, so what makes the D8 Summit special? Why is this the con that you've decided that your limited time is going to go to support? Well. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, I... Personally, I think that, you know, there's a lot of charities out there. If you're at all active in Adventures League, you know that, that they give a lot to charity as an organization. But the 8 Summit gives locally. And I think that's important as well. 
to give locally, to give back to your community, because those are the people that you live next door with, that you see at the store. So that's one thing that I really like about it, uh, that the whole focus of it is local charities and helping the people that you live nearby and in your community. And that, that's pretty much what I'm gonna echo. I mean, my limited free time, um, I, I really don't understand what free time is. And that's, that's saying a lot coming from a currently unemployed person. You're but, the busiest unemployed person I think I know, or certainly one of the busiest. I, I try to be, but like I said, D8 Summit, I contribute to it, and I was more than happy to be in the wrong place at the wrong time to say yes to being on the board because it's such a great cause. I strongly advocate for charity conventions. This is now the second one that I'm on the board for, and I um, – attend many others. I help run games at them. And it's just the thing that I'm exceedingly passionate about is giving back to the community because um, the, the gaming community has meant so much to me. And the fact that we can take that and use it like as a family to do good in the world, just, it just makes me all warm and fuzzy inside. So both of you have mentioned charity uh, with the D8 Summit. What charity do they support and what's that charity do? Well, the main one is PADS and I'm sure Jenny can speak more to that, but it's, uh, I know last year they gave $9,000. They raised $9,000 for it. It's, uh, they built some places to live for people who, who needed places to live. Um, I don't know, Jenny, you want to say more about that? Yeah, so the, the main charity support is the Illinois Valley Pads. And so what they do and what they've been doing since 1990 is provide housing, shelter, and assistance for those in need in rural Illinois, which is a place that um, it's, it's very hard to get things like that. When you get down on your luck out in the sticks, you, you know, you lose your, your your job, then you quickly lose your car, and then you can't get a job, and then you lose your house, and it all spirals down very quickly. So they provide um, shelter, first and foremost, and um, it, they're kind of unique in that, uh, unlike a lot of other places where they separate it into men and women, and so families are separated, they make sure they all stay together. They give them food, they have uh, outreach programs that kind of help them get back in jobs and everything like that. So they're a really great organization, and um, I'm super, super excited to be able to help them expand their services and everything. And I think uh, from last year, the money helped them add uh, another wing or another, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but they added a, a, a new location of some sort to be able to provide additional services. So that was, that was just, I, I don't know. I was really touched by that. Yeah, that sounds like a great charity. Any, anyone who could help prevent, mitigate, or stop homelessness, particularly in rural areas, is, is pretty good stuff. So, so where is the convention held? What's the venue? Well, the venue is Grizzly Jack's Grand Bear Lodge, I think it's called, and it's in Utica, Illinois, which That's is... That's the one. Yeah, and it's a, it's a little sort of in the middle of the state, but it's near uh, Slippery Rock State Park, a uh, beautiful area. There's some rivers, and the Grizzly Jacks is actually a resort. And one thing about this convention that's worth bringing up is that if you have like a family and your family might not be gamers, but you are, this resort has a full water park. So if you have little kids, <laughs> they want to hit the water park, this is a perfect convention. You can get your gaming in, kids can hit the water park, you're all set. Isn't April in Illinois a little chilly for the water park? An indoor water park. Indoor water park. Yeah. Indoor water park. Oh my goodness. I bet that is hilarious. So the weather is starting to turn kind of nice around then, potentially. So it's also nice, like, if you're into hiking and stuff, the state park is there like literally across the road. So um, even if the weather's a little bit chilly, it's still nice for a hike out there and it's absolutely gorgeous out there. 
so actually said, a, fu a funny story about Grizzly Jacks is when I mentioned to my stepson that I was going to a convention there. He said, really? Because my uncle owns a condo there. <laughs> so I haven't, haven't drawn as uncles, but it's, it's a place where people go for vacations uh, without conventions. So when there's a convention and a vacation there, it's even better. So you, you did mention it's kind of out in a remote area. How does one get there? Well, if you're from anywhere remotely nearby, the easiest thing is going to be just, just to drive there, just in your car and drive there because it's, it's not exactly near public transportation. If you're coming from another part of the country, uh, we recommend that you fly into Chicago. Um, Midway Airport makes it a lot easier because it's on the south side of Chicago. And then rent a car and drive there from there. Um, we do have our special guests. They fly into Midway and we send someone and pick them up from there. How long of a drive is it? Uh, I, I want to say it took me like two hours last year, but um, let, let, me, let me do that Google real quick. That sounds about right. Google has confirmed that I'm not lost my mind. It's about two hours. Yeah. And that was, that was from where I'm at in Chicago, which is about in the middle of the city. So um, from, from Midway, potentially you could shave off up to 20 minutes or not. You could add 45 minutes because you're still in Chicago. And when traffic is definitely a thing. I, yes. I, I can't even argue that one. It's true. If you fly into O'Hare, you've added at least an hour. At least. Oof, so midway it is. Yeah, well, the good thing about O'Hare is it is west of the city. So potentially you could just go west and then go south. But then you're doing a little bit of back roads instead of, so, you know, still adds some time. But it's not a bad, it's not a bad drive, even from O'Hare. It, it's, it's still it's shy of three hours, which isn't bad. So what are your, do you have special guests? If so, who, who are they and how'd you choose them? I, I think, I think I've mentioned that a couple of times now. <laughs> so uh, this year we have two special guests. Um, we have Jason Keeley and we have Liz Liddell, both from Paizo. Um, in addition to those two special guests though, we have a slew of author guests who were there to run their very own content. Um, so as far as how we chose uh, Liz and Jason, we've been reaching out and wanting to get people in from the major publishers. And this year, Paizo was the one who contacted us back, and they were very excited about our cause and willing to send out two people. And we're super excited to get them because they're both uh, designers for Paizo. Uh, they've worked on... Oh, nice. Jason's work on Starfinder mostly. Uh, Liz has worked on a little bit of everything, and they uh, believe they've both been a little bit involved with organized play. I could be wrong on that one, but um, I think that's what I read. But I know they're both designers for that, and they've got numerous writing credits. So every, anyone who plays in that organized play program um, should be super excited to come out because they are going to run games that they help design. So that's a very unique opportunity. And that's, that's actually the kind of unique opportunity that the D8 Summit pr prides itself on providing. Yeah, we have a lot of author-run adventures uh, for Adventures League as well. You know, if you go to our Tabletops event site, when you register, you can see those listed. So it's always a great experience when you get to run an adventure with the person who wrote it. In my experience, that's, that's one of the best runs you're going to have. So that's another reason that I love to, to go to D8 and get to try, try to play some of those games with the people who wrote the adventures. Yeah, and if you go on the Tabletop Events website and you search author is the keyword in the events, I think we have about, I want to say, 35 unique events that are being run by their authors. If you are um, familiar with Adventures League, we have tons of people from that. I know offhand, I know that we have a couple of new writers this year who, well, they run the Iron Author Contest that we do every year, so they got to write CCC for the convention. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, no, super excited about that. Uh, so the two that I worked with were Ian Pace and Ethan Yen. Um, we also have um, 
Michael Manza is coming. Jeremy Arnold is coming to run his stuff. Um, and there are some others. Let's see. Who have I got here? Uh, so then we have, nope, I already named Ethan. We, we, we've got a fair, fair number of people. So I'm, I'm kind of super excited for this. Uh, Noah Grand, uh, coming from all the way out on the West Coast. Anthony Joyce. Connor wrote something. I don't think Connor's going to be running it, but he wrote uh, an adventure that's going to be there. Uh, I'm going to try to get him to run it because I want to I wanna play at his table. But, um, yeah, I'm, it, not exactly the quickest thing to click through all of them and find all of the guests, but we've got, we've got uh, I want to say, eight or nine authors, uh, last I counted, maybe more, maybe less, but um, very excited to have them all there. And then, of course, between myself, Latia, and Connor, we've got three more who aren't necessarily running events, but will be on hand. And I mean, I already said I don't know how to say no, so I'm sure if somebody asks me to run one of my adventures in the bar, that's going to be a thing that happens. <laughs> Oh, that's right. The site also has a bar, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Good, good and important to know. It's got a bar, and when you exit the convention hall and you turn left, it is like the next thing down the hall. Yeah. So, one, of the, one of the best times I had was after all the games were done, a group of people went upstairs. There was like a loft area. We had a bucket of beer, and somebody pulled out Dungeon Mayhem, which is a little fast-paced card game. And we probably spent two or three hours just talking about gaming and visiting and having a good time and drinking beer. Uh, that was as much fun as any of the other games I played there. And it was just sort of a pick up. Hey, let's all play this, this game. It's sort of fun. I've got dungeon mayhem and I have the new monsters set. So now I can have 12 people playing dungeon mayhem. So I can be okay, well, 12. we'll reserve a table up in that loft area. It's going to be a bucket of beer. 12 of us drinking. We're going to need more buckets of beer. Barrel. <laughs> All right, you heard it. Come for the buckets of beer and the dungeon so mayhem. Can you talk a little bit about the CCC program? Uh, yeah, no, I can talk a little bit about that. So um, every year, the D8 Summit, we love to give an opportunity to new authors to do some writing. So we run a contest each year that we call it the Iron Author Challenge. And we have people, we put out an open call for people to submit a one hour adventure using a template to kind of showcase their skills. And then we have a crew of judges. Um, all of the adventures are blind coded with numbers. So we have no idea who wrote them. And they, excellent, they, excellent. Each one goes out to at least three different people, and we have a Google form where we review it on a number of things, such as the clarity of the writing, how well it um, complies to the format and template, because that's one of the things that's very important when we're submitting to the program is being able to use the the, the instructions and the styles, um, how good the story is. Um, if they used appropriate magic items and all kinds of, you know, other things that, that really just show that they're a good fit for following the rules of, a, of the CCC program, as well as like the creativity and, and other things like that. Um, and so we go through the judging rounds and then we pick uh, two to three, depending on how many we've gotten approved for, two to three people to write adventures and we pair them up with someone to help them out with developing their story and making sure it's edited and polished up. Uh, Connor, myself, and Latia this year were the three helping edit and polish. Like I said, I helped uh, Ethan and Ian, and I am super, super, super duper excited for everyone to see their adventures because they are phenomenal. Uh, phenomenally created, talented authors, and uh, we actually, uh, the two that I help with, we are, they are set in hell. We use the PIP-YAP rules for CCC creation. So excited for that too, because we're going to be in Utica, Illinois, but we're all going to hell. 
I'm so excited. Um, and yeah, and then we have other CCC that Connor wrote, and we also have um, the CCC by our other authors that they've written for their other events and stuff. And so we, we got a lot of really unique content that we're going to be having. So how, how do people join in in this Iron Author Contest? Well, uh, that's pretty easy. Well, we do it a couple of, well, a couple of months before the con. We did it in the winter. So the new year, yeah, it was before the new year. So sometime last fall. So look for it again this fall. We'll put out a call. Uh, it'll be from our Facebook page. Connor will post it. I'll tweet it. Uh, well, I'll post it. So like us on the board and then the official page itself will be announcing that we're opening for submissions and people can um, email and then they'll get the guidelines and everything to follow and they'll have a certain amount of time frame to submit their things and we take an unlimited number of submissions for the initial one which I hope that doesn't bite us in the butt because I don't have so much time to read things but uh, whoever wants to write in can certainly do it and we welcome anybody and everyone so so it do you, does the board of D8 Summit kind of give the writers a, um, uh, an outline to write to, or can they write just anything they want, or do they get together and work on the adventures together? How does that work? So for the initial submission, um, they're given a template that they have to do, but it's just like a first style template, and it gives them a couple of like, it has to be an hour long. You have to include all three pillars of play. You can only include like this kind of treasure, that kind of whatever. Um, and then outside of that, the story itself is completely up to the author. And, and for the initial one, we asked specifically for only a one hour adventure because we don't want them to dedicate too much time to it with the understanding that yeah, but they might not necessarily get to. Yeah, right. but with the with the actual once you choose your authors, are they free to write whatever they want, or do you have kind of a structure and style and an ongoing story? Well, within the uh, confines of the CCC program itself, yes, they are free to write whatever they want. Um, so the the like I said, the two that I oversaw this year, they were absolutely astounding with how creative they were so we didn't give them the outline for that um, we asked them to tell us what they wanted on their story and then I helped them put that into the official outline concept format and then outline format to submit huh interesting that sounds like a great program yeah, yeah. I, honestly I wish more conventions would do it that way because uh, I was also part of the review process and some of the creativity that's out there is incredible and just to give everybody a chance to submit their ideas for what they want to run really opens the playing field a lot. So that's actually what I did the first year we had CCC for Save versus Hunger when we um, the Raven Lord trilogy was the result of that. But I got, I'd say, maybe a dozen submissions and I read through them all and I had a couple other people on our board read through them and um, those were the ones we ended up voting in and I was meaning to continue doing that every year, but <laughs> time and time, time, time is it. Why it's important to have 10 people on the board for a convention like this. If you want to offer those opportunities, it takes a little bit of sweat and uh, time to get that, get that done. So Planning and forethought. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping to do it again for Save vs. Hunger next year because I found it to be really fulfilling and the content we got was, like I said, creative, gave someone who'd never written in the in the local region actually even an opportunity to become published and like that's kind of given him the um confidence to go on and now he's designing his own game that is in playtests so <laughs> i'm super excited wow, that's great yeah you're gonna be at save versus hunger he'll be playtesting it there that's pretty cool but yeah so um i like D8 Summit does it, and it's super successful. I'm going to try to keep doing it, and I super encourage like other conventions to follow a similar model because if you just go for people that have written before, then you know exactly what you're getting, but you know, then you know exactly what you're getting, which gets boring. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's switch topics a little bit. 
after the debacle at UK Games Expo last summer, there's been kind of a whole round of convention showrunners getting super involved in making sure they have a code of conduct and that everybody knows about it. Does D8 Summit have a code of conduct? If so, what's it like? Yeah, um, we do. It's it's posted on the Tabletops event page and the banner along the top says, we are people of extravagant welcome, which sort of summarizes it. Uh, everybody at D8 Summit is welcome. We don't discriminate at all. We don't tolerate that. There's no harassment. It's a very open space to be who you are. And in my experience, people are very accepting of that. And we definitely have a, a number of people on the board from the LGBT community. We have, uh, we have a very diverse board in general. So we, we've got men, women, people of color, LGBT, and, and, you know, with that, we kind of strive to continue that representation in our volunteers and everything. And with that, you know, representation really goes a long way towards making everyone feel welcome. And as part of making everyone feel welcome, we absolutely, you know, don't tolerate any harassment of any sort at all. If, if you want to be a, a jerk, then you, you could go be a jerk at home. So <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. And seriously, if we can't all get along while we're doing what we like, what are our other options, really? I mean, this should be when mm -hmm. it's easy for everybody to get along. So we, we've never had an I mean, incident. should be, but, you know. Yeah. Never had an incident where we had to remove anyone so far. So uh, it seems to be working, but uh, that, that's precisely what we would do if it came up. Um, we asked them to leave the convention and, you know, make sure that everyone else knows that such things won't be tolerated and that we continue to make it a welcoming space. So um, we definitely have a, if you see something, say something kind of thing. So we're all the board members and all of the staff like clearly identified and you can approach anyone you feel comfortable talking to multiple someone's whoever and let us know if you see something that is of concern to you and we'll, we'll address it. Well, that sounds like a pretty, pretty good place to be. So, so what are some of the, the fun stories from past? Oh yeah. From past the eight summits. Other than the, uh, bucket of beer on the loft. Yeah. All right. Well, I will. I'll. I'll. I'll, t I'll tell mine from last year. This was. This was a very memorable. Memorable event. So, I was scheduled to run one of my author tables, and it. It didn't quite make. I had a couple of people show up, but literally a couple of people is not three, which you need to run a game. Uh, Zombie Joe, uh, Joe Alfano from GameholeCon, was scheduled to run an author event, and he had two people show up. So we were like, "Well, I've got two, and you've got two. Do we want to like mush everyone together and run one game? Everyone was down with that. And then we're like, okay, do we want to run an official game? Or how do you all feel about going to the bar and running this game? Everyone was down with that. So we did move the bar. Along the way, we managed to pick up a couple more people because we were going to the bar. <laughs> so then we have a table. We've got like eight people around the table, seven and a DM. And Zombie Joe runs a game, and we're all drinking and having a good time. And it was one of the silliest, craziest games I've played. And it was just, it was just a lot of uh, great fun. Um, I think that was the game where I met Melody Grimmick, and she's a hoot. Man. I don't know if you know her, Paige. The name sounds really familiar, and I would probably... I would probably wreck the face if I recognize the face if I was well, you'll looking at her. See her soon enough. Um, Maybe I do know her. And then there was the guy in the beholder costume. Yeah, beholder guy. costume. Yeah. I, think I have a picture of him somewhere. I yeah I, I I have a picture of the costume sitting on the table, but not him in it. That, uh, I, that's me, by the way. That's you. You're the guy in the beholder. <laughs> you can't tell oh. because I have a big beholder over my head. Yeah. It's sitting in the corner of my house now. It's very difficult to move that beholder head. 
And I don't know what to do with it because I don't want to throw it out. But it doesn't even fit through the basement door. So we could post a picture of that. I'll send you one. <laughs> yeah, it was super impressive. We, we can put that picture on the page. Um, well, now I feel like, now I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know what? Nobody knows it with me because you can't see me. You just see a giant beholder. So Was it like paper mache or something? I didn't really get a chance to examine um, it a lot. Yeah, it was. It started as a beach ball that I covered with paper mache, and then I put, I cut an opening in the bottom, put expanding foam uh, in the middle of it, sort of rolled it around to stiffen it up, and then covered the outside with like a plastery paper mache, more plaster heavy. So it was multi-step process. Yeah, arts and crafts. I love it. I've made props with a similar process it was it was very impressive i definitely spent like a good 10 minutes not paying attention in my game just gawking at it <laughs> well thank you you wait till you see this year's i got a, a new i don't want to spoil the surprise yeah though. but Ooh. impressive cosplay that's that's something else a story i mean it's not really a story but like the impressive cosplay that we managed to get for such a small convention especially during our uh D epics for our npcs and everything always just like blows me away um connor told me there was cosplay and so being my first time there last year i was like i'm gonna look like an idiot if you're lying to me but i brought my cosplay and went all out and i was in good company um well, that's cool Apparently in the in the Midwest, any any convention is a good good excuse to to to, to go all out. Do it. I like that's it. one nice thing about our people uh, is that it's Halloween three sixty five days a year. I mean, true. if there's a convention every day, then yes, this is true. I would... So I I have a a good story as well. That, you know, I already told my my Dungeon Mayhem story, but I run a lot of games. I actually enjoy DMing as much as I might like running so i dm a lot and i ran the open the last year and i had a table that was a great group of players is that the dragon heist open it was the well it might have been the competitive uh where they're at the party yeah with the, the steal the gym yeah so they decided early on they they didn't care about winning they just wanted to have fun and i'm like sure great let's let's do it and they're going through great role play. And at one point, one of the players takes the filter of love and gives it to two guards who are guarding a doorway. And I, I'm fine. Okay. They drink it. And then I tell him, you just started a love triangle and they're trying to be subtle. <laughs> and these guards start arguing because it's like, you know, they're both in love with this guy who just gave them this potion. <laughs> And everyone, the face of the player was like, oh my God, how, what am I going to do now? Because I have these two people arguing over who, who loves me more. And, and you it can't was, disappoint either of them, right? No, no. And it was, and instead of them being subtle, it drew every eye in the room <laughs> because these two random guards are arguing over, you know, who, who loves this other person more. Uh, it was a really funny scene, and everybody played it to the T. It ended up that they won that open. <laughs> they weren't oh. even trying, but they ended up winning just because they did what they should have done. They were role-playing. They got into the adventure, and everything sort of flowed naturally, and they did a great job with it. And that's the kind of session I wish I could run every time. That's like one of the most uses for a filter of love I've ever heard. Accidental love triangle. What do you do? I don't want to make anybody mad. We were just trying to get through. Yeah, yeah. and they start they started arguing, you know, about <laughs> who loved him more. And like I said, the, the, everybody's attention instead of suddenly sneaking into the room they wanted to be in. Now he's dealing with with these two individuals out in the open who are arguing. It was pretty funny. Well, that sounds great. What what else you got? Any any other stories fit for public consumption? Well, I I don't know. I'm really bad at remembering things and remembering who the people were, so I don't like to tell stories. <laughs> I do always. My friend who who goes with me, Dan, we'll see a lot of times. You know, there'll be charity fundraisers, and at the D8 Summit, they they have charity fundraisers, auctions, and my first year there. I just managed 
to sort of maybe pay approximately $100 for a goblin cert, which isn't that bad, really, but my friend never lets me do- live that down. $100 for a goblin cert. It was the Batiri, right? Uh, I believe, yeah. No, it was actually, I don't, it was before the Batiri. I think it was just a straight goblin. I'll have to look at the cert, but uh, I really wanted a goblin cavalier. So, you know, I guess I wanted a $100 Goblin Cavalier. But I still play that character. He's a lot of fun to play. So uh, that's, that's just a, a local story that gets brought up every once in a while when somebody says, well, why would you give, you know, that much money for that reason? And Dan will go, well, you know, I know somebody that gave $100 for a Goblin certificate. Yes, but it went to help homeless people. It did. That's, that's the excuse. It's for a good cause. This year, I'll be able to write it off on my taxes. How many of y'all think I'm going to get that past my husband? I mean, somebody that I know just dropped $500 on a silent auction to win a Mind Flayer head, you know, the little trophy head at ZijCon, so that's a tax write-off. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I just say I spend other money on far stupider things in my mind, right? You go to McDonald's, you spend $10 on awful food. Well, hey, I still have my Goblin cert. I've had it for three years now. Hours of enjoyment. So what events are running at the D8 Summit this year? Are there uh, any special games going on? Yeah. Uh, we uh, The focus, and I think the largest group of games, is still the Adventures League table. We run a lot of epics. We have those author-only events. We have just regular, you know, CCC events and, and seasonal events. So a lot of AL. We also have a pretty strong organized play for Pathfinder and Starfinder that are showing up. So we have those going on. And we've really made an effort to expand our RPG offerings just because we want to continue to grow every year. And if we can get more people from different communities coming who may play different games. So this year I know we're offering the Star Trek role-playing game. Some savage oh, the Modifius game. I have been super interested in that. Yep. Um, yeah, I got the, the little promo postcard out now because that would have been a good thing to have. It says we got Adventures League, Pathfinder, Starfinder, Call of Cthulhu, which is going to be creepy and fun, Gaslands, Savage Worlds, Star Trek Adventures, board games, and more. And then it also lists some of our authors because... Uh, that that's also helpful. Uh, I missed Fenway Jones. We are also supporting Jasper's Game Day this year, which is a great charity. What's too. Jasper's Game Day? You want to take that one, Eric? Uh, you should probably take that one because it's your neck of the woods. All right, all right, that's fair. Uh, well, Jasper's Game Day is a charity. It was started by Fenway Jones, um, who lives in Michigan. Uh, she lost two of her friends within a pretty short period of time while she was in high school. Um, Finway is all of 16 now, um, and she's been doing Jaspers for, what, three years, Paige? Four, two years, three? I think so. Yeah, something like that. She's been, she's been doing it for a while. She's the founder for Jaspers Game Day, and so what they do is they run gaming events, um, or they, you know, help out with gaming events all over the country now. Um, like this year, they've been in Phoenix. They're going to Seattle Port- or Portland, or I, I don't know, whatever. But anyways, they've been down to MomoCon with me. They go all over, um, and they do uh, raffles and sell reroll tickets and do auctions and stuff to raise money for suicide prevention. And any money raised at whatever convention they're at goes to a local chapter for suicide prevention so local to wherever that particular event is which is pretty pretty cool really to be able to like you know have a no matter where they're at in the country to be able to you know have an impact on that that particular community and Fenway's just just great she's an amazing author an amazing dm and and really just she's just an amazing person so is her 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 plus one uh aaron that's that's her dad and her mom and her brother the whole family's great hey that's pretty cool all right, so anything else you want to tell folks about the D8 Summit? Yeah, one other thing. D8, you get swag. We have not Ooh. abandoned the swag model, and we actually get a fair amount of support from some of the publishers as well. So we put a lot of thought and effort in what to include in the swag bag, and I don't want to spoil it, but if you come to D8, 
There's swag available. It's already posted on the Facebook page. Oh, darn. Okay, I know. Well. Okay. Well, this. All right. Year, so give. What is it? I know. I know. This year, um, for everyone, uh, you get a beautiful uh, tote bag and a lanyard, the little badge holder lanyard things like they do at Origins that you can stick all your stuff in with the D8 logo on it. And then we also, because we got 500 likes on our Facebook, we have a, uh, with our picture for this year, which has our Stronger Together logo on it and the beautiful artwork by Joe Apparino, you get um, a one-of-a-kind TSA travel size approved hand sanitizer so that you don't catch the coronavirus or the concrud, con- <laughs> which is really a more really a more pressing concern okay yes yes definitely concrud. yeah well you know for anyone who's concerned because there have been positive coronaviruses in illinois we are giving you hand sanitizer use it <laughs> also wash your wash your hands and wash your damn hands. Uh, you should wash your hands when you're at a convention anyway. Who knows who's touched those dice or whose mouth they've been in or, 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 or what? Why are your dice in your mouth? I don't know. Don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, so that. Um, we also have t-shirts available for sale, which are always super nice. Um, and we have, if you're volunteering for us, which we are still looking for volunteers, um, and I'll have a link to that on the page, the information for how to volunteer or how to get there or how to sign up and all the information. Really. Um, but our volunteers get swagged out even more. They get that stuff and then they get all kinds of special stuff. They get t-shirts, they get cups, uh, maybe mugs. I don't remember what we're doing this year. And depending on how much they do, they can get a hotel room share and then special swag from the publishers. So um, oh, wow. Who knows what um, Wizards of the Coast or Paizo or Modifius or whoever might have sent this year. Um, you'll find out if you come volunteer, though. Uh, I'm excited for one to see. Well, I, I kind of know, but I'm excited to see it anyway. <laughs> All right. So with that, I guess that's the end of the show and we'll have to update it uh, after the con is over. And it's from it's late April. Oh, yeah, the important, important information. DA I Summit. cover that. Ah, oh, you did. Okay, well, we'll wrap it up again at the end here. So, in case you missed it at the beginning or you've forgotten already, D8 Summit is going to be April 24th through 26th down in beautiful Utica, Illinois. And that's where you'll find us. But, Eric, since we're at the end of the show, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online? Well, I have my own podcast I'm a co-host of called The Grognards. You can find that under the LAG Radio Network, which is sort of a channel that's dedicated to gaming stuff. We talk about sort of the history of gaming. We spend a lot of time talking about 5th edition, but it's three Grognards, and we are trying to redefine the reputation of Grognards to be elder statesmen of gaming as opposed to the curmudgeons they have been known as in the past. So... That's the best place to check me out. We also have a Facebook page under The Grognards. You can find us there. And otherwise, track me down at a convention. So I go to a lot in the Midwest. I'll be at GaryCon coming up. And after that, go to NCon. I'm around everywhere. All right. And uh, you can find the D8 Summit online, of course. They do have a Twitter. It's at D8 Summit. Facebook is the same thing, D8 Summit. And then the tabletop events is 2020 D8 Summit Charity Convention. Paige, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? So you can find me on Twitter at Paige Lightman, and that's spelled P-A-I-G-E-L-E-I-T-M-A-N. You can find me on Facebook at the same address or on my webpage at benandpagewright.com You can find me on Twitter at Jenny Loveday. That's G-I-N-N-Y-L-O-V-E-D-A-Y. You can find me on Facebook under the same name, Instagram under the same, and my website, which is the same, JennyLoveday.com. You can find the Roundtable on Twitter, D&D Roundtable. That's D, the letter N, D, Roundtable. Find us on Facebook, same thing, DD Roundtable, or you can always shoot us an email to dndroundtable at gmail.com. 
Please like us on Facebook, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. We appreciate your support and feedback. That is it for this episode of Roundtable. Tune in next time. Bye.